Welcome to episode 44 of the Truth and Dare podcast. Today we are talking about difficult conversations and we are back on the mic and so excited to be creating and sharing conscious conversations again. For those of you who are new and tuning in, we've moved on to a sailboat and we are living in the Caribbean, specifically in Antigua. And we took a short break to adjust, to be present with our husbands, and soften into this experience. But we are back, and we are ready to share some incredible learnings that we have gained thus far. But before we get started, of course, we want to share our review of the week. Also, we're at 131 reviews at the time of this recording, which blows us away. So thank you, everyone who shares um, their thoughts and their support for our community and conversation. This week's review comes from Chai Town Diva. She says, I dared to live my truth. Two words, life-changing. Proud to say that I've been following the Truth and Dare community, religiously religiously tuning into each podcast episode every Wednesday since it began. These ladies selflessly share their personal stories through heart-to-heart talks and uncensored conversations, which inspired my relationships, self-care rituals, eating habits, and lifestyle practices. My personal goal of of enriching my body, mind, and soul, I can honestly say was prompted from listening to these women. Congrats, Carly and Allie, on all that you've accomplished in 2017 and all that you will in 2018. Cheers to another year. Thank you so much. That means the world to us, and it just further um, inspires us to keep creating and sharing and that we are on the right path with all of you. Remember, if you have not dropped a review yet, you can head on over to iTunes, leave us your thoughts, your feedback, and your support, and continue to spread the message of truth and dare. And with that said, let's get started with episode 44, Difficult Conversations. Welcome to Truth and Dare, a podcast dedicated to female empowerment through living our truth and daring to change. Hi, I'm Carly Talbot. And I'm Allie Van Fossen. All right, we are back. It feels so good to be back here in this space with you guys on Wednesdays. It's like we're back home. It's awesome. Thanks for honoring our little time to take a little break. And um, yeah, let's get right into it. Slug in the honey. I'm going to kick this one off. Um. I'm just having a hard time adjusting on boat life to incorporating my exercise routine. And really it's my running. And if there's any other runners out there who are listening, you understand what I'm saying. I've been running consistently since I was in middle school. Um, so it's like, as long as I can remember, I've been, I've been running multiple days a week. And so not being, I can do that. Don't get me wrong. I can get off the boat and go run, but kind of getting like caught up in everything that's going on the boat and, um, having a little too much fun and just not really making it a priority. I really feel that crazy urge in my body to just like get out and move. And again, I think a lot of other runners can relate to that. It's quite addicting. And especially when it's a habit that you've built over the last 20 years of your life almost. (laughs) So, um, I got to get back on my groove and um, just make sure that I'm out there doing what feels the best for my body and not getting 
too distracted by everything else, which is always so hard. Why is it so hard? (laughs) Well, and I think what Carly is also failing to share, and maybe you just forgot, but running is definitely accessible, but it's not like you just step outside your door and you can go for a run. Um, We're still learning how to operate the dinghy boat, which is the small inflatable raft that gets a, it's like our vehicle. It's our car, right? Like Alfie, the sailboat is our home and the dinghy is our car. And so we rely on the boys to take us places right now. So when Carly wants to run or we want to go to shore, uh, we kind of have to coordinate them dropping us off and for her where she gets picked up after her run and everyone being kind of cognizant of like, oh, Carly went for a run an hour ago. We should go find her. <laughs> um, so it's definitely not as easy as stepping outside your doorway, which I'm sure adds a layer of like, oh, am I going to go running? But um, I will say she's motivating me to run, which is insane for those of you who've listened in for month after month, week after week. Um, you guys know I'm always so against running and I've ran twice now since being here and I actually really enjoy it. And, um, Carly keeps pace with me and it feels good. And I'm starting to slowly understand her need to move her body like that. So, um, if anything, she's inspiring me by running. So my slug in the honey though, This conversation is all about difficult conversations, and currently I am in the ebb and flow of having one with Myers, my husband. Um, You know, the idea of coming on this sailboat and taking on this big adventure and journey was to bring us closer, and there have been more times of it bringing us further apart so far. We're learning a lot about each other's personalities that I think you aren't that aware of when you are working all day and you only see one another for a few moments in the morning and evening. So um, yeah, my slug in the honey is that we just had a huge blowout the other day and I was in tears and uh, Carly was kind of walking me through what I was feeling and where those emotions were coming from. And then I had to sit down with Myers and really talk about it from an honest perspective and figure out how we're going to move forward and be partners, right? Because the point of the trip and the point of life is to connect and not disconnect. So my slug and the honey is right um, right in line with what we're talking about today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. It could not be more fitting for this conversation we're about to have. So why are we talking about difficult conversations? Well, duh, because we had to have one and everything we do, we're like, oh, well, let's just do a podcast conversation about this. <laughs> okay. But anyway, we'll get to that more on that later. Um, listen, we've been experiencing this firsthand living on this boat. We're adjusting to working together, to living together, to sharing the space with our husbands together. And in lieu of that, we have had to face some conversations that we maybe would have avoided in normal life. Um, We are also in the midst of wrapping up um, Year of Yes. Well, right now during this recording, we're about week three into um, the first book in our Truth and Dare book club. And for those of you who uh, read Year of Yes or are reading Year of Yes with us, hey, book club girls, um, anyone who's interested in joining the book club next time it opens, the doors are closed, but you can sign up online at truthanddaremovement.com slash book club. 
to get um, all the information about when the doors will reopen. And we'll link to that in our show notes. But back to Year of Yes. Year of Yes is a book by Shonda Rhimes. And in the book, um, she talks about difficult conversations and the importance of them. And it was just so fitting because it was paralleling exactly with what was going on in our lives in that moment. So we had this text that was sort of backing up what we knew we needed to do in order to avoid any pitfalls. <laughs> um, also in the book, she talks about gossip and women and how women are so used to talking about each other, but not talking at each other. And oh man, how true is that? In fact, Ali and I did an episode about gossip a long time ago, episode number nine, when we were just fresh out of the podcast womb. I was kind of, okay, that was weird, but actually you took the words out of my mouth. I was thinking womb too, <laughs> not weird at all. Good. Okay. So yeah, episode nine was about gossip and I think we did a lot, we had a lot of good points in that podcast, but from a personal perspective, we both feel like we are really evolving within this space and on this topic, um, both from firsthand experience and going through it together and also just with time. You know, that was probably six months ago or so that we recorded that episode and we change and evolve really quickly. And so, uh, yeah, we wanted to talk on it from that perspective too. And also having the difficult, um, having this conversation, having difficult conversations and talking about them. We uh, really want to talk about this today to help break the cycle, to break the cycle of gossip between women and to give courage to any of you listening um, that you can have the conversations that you need to have, that you are strong enough and you're brave enough and you can say what you need to say. And um, in terms of gossip, what we really mean is not only talking bad about other people, but also withholding important conversations or information due to fear, uh, lack of courage, or just not having the right tools or the experience to give you what you need to walk forward um, comfortably and bravely into this sphere. So that is why we are talking about this today. And on that note, I think we have to dive into our story because that's what we do here on Truth and Dare. We experience life and then we blast it over the airwaves in hopes that somebody listening can relate. And it's a beautiful thing when we share our vulnerability. So that's what we're going to do here today. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. well said. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the conversation or the story that led to this podcast, um, like Carly said, uh, the adjustment period moving onto the boat is definitely still happening, but I would say that first month was super challenging. Um, you know, taking away all of our creature comforts, learning how to be in a really small space all together, all four of us, two couples, two men, two women was challenging. It was frustrating. It was weird. It's a little awkward. Um, and just learning the ins and outs of living on a boat have, you know, just added layers of, um, added layers of not, not like tension, but just like new learnings, right? That created tension, I feel like. And then also on top of that, Carly and I, before this, we worked separately, right? So we would like speak over Skype or FaceTime or text and, we would assign each other what needed to get done that week. We would set our recording dates um, and we would do the work. 
But now that we're all up in each other's space and we can see what one another is doing all the time, it almost felt like we kind of had, or at least for me, speaking from my perspective, like I wanted to keep tabs on what was getting done every single moment that passed by, like this hovering helicopter. And um, it made me start to build up resentment towards Carly in this way that I felt like she wasn't supporting me. She wasn't performing. It was like all these crazy false beliefs were circling in my brain. And um, I wasn't telling her. Like all the things we talk about here on TAD, I wasn't communicating to her. Also, I think recognizing something we knew about each other but became way more apparent is our different work working styles. Um, I'm very squirrel brain, type A, go, go, go. Carly likes to move a little bit slower, um, with a little bit more intention and we're just at different paces. And that's part of the beauty of having a business bestie is that you each bring your strengths and weaknesses to the table. But when we're around each other 24 seven, it's like you kind of want to force the other person to be on your rhythm and that just doesn't work. So that's something we quickly learned. But going back to some of those, kind of fraudy feelings, uh, feelings of lack and resentment. You know, our work became stagnant. Um, the judgment, tension, anxiety continued to blossom, um, which then led to us talking about Shonda Rhimes in Year of Yes and Difficult Conversations. We attempted to record an entire podcast. It was an hour long and it was terrible. I mean, it was so shitty. We listened back to it and we knew that we were coming from a place of not living our truth. And, um, you know, it was in the moment where we tried to re-record it that we had to stop, sit back and get brutally honest with each other about what was going on. So it's this tense moment that finally led to the difficult conversation. And Carly and I haven't really had to had, had to have to do that yet in the past few years of us growing closer and now starting this online community. So I feel like it was a new bridge for us to cross, but we both crossed it with a lot of grace and ease. Um, we shared how we were feeling. We listened, we responded instead of reacted. And then we resolved it by deciding how we can move forward together and create this environment where we both thrive. Uh, because there's no way you can work with someone if you're not feeling like you're thriving. And then, you know, since the time of writing this podcast outline, we've had a handful of other difficult conversations, some of them backed by um, alcohol, which kind of helped us get over our fears of telling our truth to one another. But just learning that oftentimes what I'm thinking in my head, the feelings of lack, like, oh, Carly is doing this so well and I'm doing it so bad. And these are her strengths. What do I have to bring to the table? In that same essence, she's thinking the same exact thing, but the opposite scenario. And so we've made this commitment to one another that moving forward, we have to have more frequent, more frequent, um, open and honest communication. When the issues start to bubble up and they arise, we have to squash them. Uh, cause we know that lying on the other side, uh, is the feeling of ease, um, of working in your flow and going back to that word of thriving. Um, everything just starts to click again as both individuals and the collective that we've created together. And, um, you know, for us, the action item was to come together on Sundays, 
check in, talk about the tasks that needed to be done to keep our, con- our to keep our community growing and supporting them. Um, check in midweek, uh, and then have the freedom to work and trust one another to get it done. Cause that's how we always were. And suddenly we were all up in each other's shit. Um, so that's the backbone of what brought us into this conversation and why we're sharing it with you. It was a really pivotal moment in our friendship. And I think it speaks volumes to how we can move forward in all of our relationships. And I just want to end, you know, this thought on this beautiful quote that we um, found from Elena Brower that is, what you are afraid to say is the doorway to your freedom. I'm going to repeat that one more time. What you are afraid to say is the doorway to your freedom. We'll include that in the show notes, but just ruminate on that for a moment. Yeah. Perfect synopsis, Allie. And yeah, I just think also when you go through this place of really raw vulnerability with your closest friends, same thing that happens with your partner, it brings you – it brings you closer together on the other side. You feel like your relationship is more authentic. You feel like you're honoring where each other is at. Um, you respect each other enough to come to the table and be honest. And so I'm really proud of Ali and I, and I think it says a lot about how much we care about the work that we um, provide for you guys, the work we're doing on ourselves, and how much we really love and respect each other. So... Yeah, just wanted to throw that in there. Mm -hmm. But anyway, moving on with this whole concept of difficult conversations. If our little story that we just shared sparked a chord in you, if you feel like you have to have a difficult conversation, or if you feel like this is an area of your life that just needs work, like maybe you are non-confrontational, something that I've been healing from for many, many years. Um, We've come up with five steps that have helped us as we've grown much so much stronger in our relationship and in our business and we want to share them with you because we hope that they can help you tackle any difficult conversations you need to have or even to just gain the bravery and the inner strength to maybe have a difficult conversation in the future so step number one is let it out what do we mean by this just have the conversation both my hands are in the air don't let it build up. Um, when we let things build up inside of us, we create energetic blockages inside of our body. And what I mean by that is when we don't allow ourselves to feel through the emotion, we just stop and halt the emotion. We create a space for that inside of us. And over time, these energetic spaces can lead to inflammation within our body. And as we pack on all of this stress and tension and all of this inflammation over years and years of negative energy, our body responds by releasing stress. Our adrenal glands, they release cortisol and adrenaline because we are in this perpetual state of stress. And that stress packs on more inflammation. And this is the same type of inflammation that's linked to almost every major health issue in America and in the world, I should say. And so it really is true, this mind-body connection with holding on to stress and the negative impact and implications that that can have on your health years down the road. So it's really important to try to work through these things. And not to mention, I mean, just the actual um, awkwardness and strange energy that happens between a person mm-hmm. when you're holding on to something. But for me, 
I can feel it, right? And I know you guys can too. You can feel that feeling inside of you, like you need to let something out. And it's about paying attention to the cues that your body gives you to know when it's time to have the conversation. So personally, I become very mentally blocked because I'm very um, internal and I, I'm thinking a lot. And I and so I become very mentally blocked and very, very distant. I just completely separate myself and I go com- totally inside, which is really unhealthy um, and I can feel that energy when it starts to build up inside me and I can feel myself becoming very distant. Yeah. I don't know if you want to share, Ali, what happens to your body when you're in that state. Yeah. I mean, speaking directly to our situation and our story, I felt for days like I had this physical chest tension, like everything was tight around my heart space um, as if like an elephant was sitting there and I couldn't get – that beautiful, like deep breath in. Like I couldn't take that full expansive breath. And for those of you who study or have learned about the chakra system, your heart space is your anahata chakra. And that's exactly what's happening there. It's where you're able to breathe. The element is air. It's where you can feel and find expansion in your body um, it's where you feel connected, where you practice and share love, uh, both with yourself and others. It's your relationships. Um, you know, it's everything to do with your heart space. And for me, it feels like this huge block is just slammed right down into the middle of my chest and I can't breathe. And when I can't breathe, I get really stressed and the effect it has on me is <laughs> Carly's been giving me all sorts of spirit animals these days. So I feel like I'm part ostrich, like flaring my wings. My feathers are all ruffled and I'm part like puffer fish. And um, that tension in my chest stresses me out. And instead of going internal like Carly, it is still very internalized, mm-hmm. but it's much more external for me. Like mm-hmm. – I feel like you could read me like a book when you know, like I'm upset, you can tell. And, um, and you, I can tell with you too, Carl, but like, um, I think it's a little bit more obvious with me and like, I'll get an attitude and I'll get really snippy and, um, yeah, it's just, it's not like a fun place to be. Mm -hmm. So, and everything you said, um, I mirror that about the blockages and, if you want to learn more about that with the chakras, you can dive into um, a few books that we'll list out in the show notes for resources. Yeah, absolutely. You could go way deep into that. And um, yeah, thanks for sharing that. It's crazy how we can feel when we really just need to let it out. So on the on the rule number one of letting it out, there's two different ways that we've decided that we think are best to let it out. Um, the first is that you can prepare and the second is that you can just wing it. And I think there's certain areas where it's best to use certain different tactics. So on the, um, talking about preparing here, there are a lot of benefits because you can plan out what you want to say to someone. Um, you can stay focused while listening because you are, um, letting out more intense emotions and you are, you know what you want to say. So instead of just waiting to talk, you can spend more time listening and then letting out your intensity because you've pre-planned how the conversation is going to go. Well, at least now you hope the conversation goes. 
The other thing about preparing is that um, it just gives you a little bit more courage, right? Like you, you've you practiced. It's like before you would practice a big presentation at work or a speech or anything of that of that nature, you just have that little bit of courage and um, it gives you a little bit more of a backbone, I think, than going in raw. The other thing you can do though is you can wing it. And the benefit of winging it is you have that immediate release of tension. All that physical tension and stress that Ali and I were just talking about, it just lifts. Absolutely. You're able to just nip the conversation in the bud, which avoids making it worse in your mind or trying to control the outcome. You know, like when you think about something too long and you've played out the entire thing in your head about how it's going to go and you think it's just going to be absolutely terrible, right? And you're just basically going to just die after the conversation. You've overthought it so much that it's just, it's like so far beyond reality. And then you do it and you're like, oh, well, that was easy. Huh. That wasn't a big deal. So with winging it, I think you sort of can avoid that if you can avoid that really crazy negative black hole spiral that we can bring ourselves to in our minds, which is pretty unhealthy, but it happens. So when do you use which technique? I think it really depends really greatly on the situation that you're in, number one, and number two, the relationship that you have with the person who you are trying to communicate with. If you are talking to your boss about a really serious work issue, if you are on pins and needles with your marriage, if you are having a very serious conversation, I would say prepare, right? Alternatively, if you are having a conversation you ebb and with someone you ebb and flow easily with, like in the case of Ali and I, or you're facing a, maybe a smaller challenge in your relationship, again, like Ali and I, or maybe you're talking to someone in your family, or you're conversing with someone who you you know that you can kind of go deep with quick and then bop out of it, wing it. You know, it's all about how does the conversation feel? Is it a serious one that's going to take lots of preparation and maybe like two or three or four conversations to get through? Or is it something that's just like immediate stress buildup, got to get it out, let it out, move forward, call it a day? Only you can answer that question. There's really no wrong way to approach it. The most important thing is that you just do the damn thing. Mm-hmm. On the note of doing the damn thing, so well said. Uh, step number two, difficult conversations is to listen. Um, listen, it's, listen, it's really hard to be told our weaknesses. Um, gosh, I'm just thinking about Myers and I and the conversation and the argument that just unfolded and presenting all of, you know, this next section is just rings so true and it's so close to home. So, you know, when we're having this tense moment, it's normal to become defensive. And I'm learning that Myers and I both have this tendency to both become defensive. And, um, you know, we're very similar in that way. And it's easy for both of us to experience increased heart rate, sweat, tension in the body, pain, whether that's physical, emotional, mental, um, or to cry because you just feel like it's so hard to get through to that person in the moment. Um, but if you can start to notice those triggers that do make you feel defensive, that are causing you to shut down, um, that are making it so that you're 
you're unable to actually listen to the person you are communicating with. Um, and you're only thinking about what you're going to spew right back at them. Like this is the moment to pause, come back to your breath, right? Like we just talked about the breath being the element of your heart space. You know, I feel like a lot of difficult conversations come from the heart. So come back to the breath and say to that person, I'm feeling really defensive right now. I just need to pause for a moment or any type of blanket statement. You know, I'm feeling like I'm in a lot of pain right now. Um, I'm feeling like a lot of restriction in my chest right now. And I really can't imagine that someone's not going to honor that profound statement. It takes a lot of courage to stop a conversation and say that. So come back to the breath. Tell the person how you're feeling so that you can then sit back and listen with your full awareness. Um, you know, listening to your weaknesses is this golden opportunity for growth. It's a moment where you can choose to strengthen your weaknesses and learn from the person who is communicating with you. These people that we dive into difficult conversations with, they're usually really close to us or there's someone where there's someone that we spend a lot of our days with, like in the case of your coworker or your boss. Um, so there's a great chance that that person knows you very well. They know your personality type. Uh, yeah, you're like really close with one another. So. Carly and I always talk about, at least with one another, how our friends and the people who surround us are mirrors and they give us this opportunity to see ourselves through them. Um, it's oftentimes hard to call yourself out and um, having someone do it for you is that golden opportunity for growth. So step number two is listen. Step number three, meet people where they are. A lot of times when we get into the difficult conversation mode, we've gone down that crazy vortex Carly was talking about, the negative mind spiral, and we forget that the person on the other side is a human being having a human experience. So we want to humanize the other person and meet them where they are. Try your best to understand where they're coming from, what they're saying to you, and what their experience is. Remember who they are and why you have a relationship in the first place, right? Like, is it your partner? Is it your best friend? Is it your sibling? Is it your parent? Who are these important people in your life? And lean into being brutally honest and vulnerable so that you can come away from feeling defensive and have the conversation steer in a productive, in a productive, onto a productive path. Um, I think the other thing is, like we just talked about how people can be mirrors in that same essence when you're humanizing that person and trying to understand where they're coming from. We can do this by being curious. You know, we talk a lot about curiosity on this podcast in the essence of chasing your creativity, but why can't we use curiosity to lead us on into different realms? Like right now, being curious about what that person is saying about you and about the situation. Have you heard it before? Um, is it repetitive behavior? Are you completely unaware, right? Like sometimes we have no idea that we're doing something that's upsetting another person. Um, so again, let's kind of recap that one. Meet people where they are. You know, coming back to what's so fresh in my mind, you know, 
the conversation with my husband is, where are we at right now? We're on a boat. We're trying to adjust to a new way of living. For him, living on boats is second nature. It's something that's been ingrained into him as a child. It's something that's very new for me. And so we're kind of clashing in the middle because he's feeling impatient that I'm not learning fast enough. And I'm feeling really like scared and um unworthy and like ashamed that I don't know how to do the things that he expects me to do. And where the disconnect is here, why we're not meeting each other is that he's forgetting that he needs to be a compassionate, kind teacher practicing patience. And I need to step up as an eager student who wants to learn and who wants to make it a priority to be here with my partner on this sailing trip. So that's where we're finding that disconnect happening because we're we're not meeting each other and it's just turning into arguments upon arguments. And um, yeah, that's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to have the difficult conversations and come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. Perfectly said, Ali. Yeah. Moving on to number four. Step number four is taking some downtime. And This just goes back to the whole different strokes for different folks. Um, Some personality types mean that people will need a lot of space after a hard conversation or even during a hard conversation, and other people don't. And this immediately makes me think of my husband, Mike. He's the kind of person who does usually like a little bit of space if things are getting heated, like he'll have to leave and take a walk or just kind of like get away from me for a minute. Whereas I am where the type of person, excuse me, that is like, let's talk excruciatingly long about our feelings and every single feeling that we're feeling over and over again. And so I think it's about honoring that some people do need a little bit of space. And if that means breaking up the conversation, um, while that may be hard for the person on the other receiving end of that, it's worth it to honor and respect where um, the other person's coming from. On that note, you know, conversations, like I've said, they might have to happen in multiple stages. They might happen over a span of a couple of weeks or maybe even a couple of months. Sometimes people just need time to process things. Some people process things really quickly and they're able to immediately churn out how they're feeling. And other people have a really hard time articulating feelings into words. And there's nothing wrong with that if you're that type of person or if you are the alternate type of person. It's just about looking and, excuse me, remembering what the other person is like. And again, coming back to that humanizing effect. And finally, um, it's okay to be okay with silence. I think sometimes in a hard conversation, um, even if the person doesn't decide or you don't decide to step away, there can be moments of quiet, moments of reflection, moments of breathing, moments of just being brutally honest and needing a little bit of, of, um, quiet time between you and the person. And it's okay. It's okay to be in silence. You don't have to fill the void. You can let the silence come, let it come naturally, um, allow both parties to feel what they're feeling and then come back to the conversation. So just remembering that downtime in whatever capacity you decide to take it or the other person decides to take it should be honored and respected as a really integral integral part of the healing process here. And now finally on to step five. So step five is the best step because it's resolving. And the first part of resolving comes from finding closure in the conversation. And something that's really important here is to remember to be fluid 
right? Like we are on a journey to live our truth and dare to change. That is so much more than a tagline. That is such a deep and bold statement right there. And what it means is that we are evolving and that we're open to evolving and we're open to criticism and we're open to changing ourselves. So when we say be fluid, we mean don't be controlled by your limitations. Don't be controlled by your past experiences or your past behaviors. Um, What was once a limit to your personality trait and what maybe caused a difficult conversation in the first place, caused somebody to be upset or uncomfortable by you, this can now become a starting point for your limitless potential. You can look at yourself really honestly and say, okay, I'm willing to see this and I'm willing to grow from this and change from this. And that's a really powerful thing. And I think it's something that we sometimes miss in these conversations because we're so used to being defensive that we forget this beautiful, beautiful chance for us to grow. Staying stuck in old patterns is only going to keep us stuck. It is what it is. And we're here to change and we're here to grow. I'm not saying agree with someone who's coming at you with some total bullshit. You're going to know if the conversation is worthy of your true evolution um, and your true attention or if somebody's just attacking you. Those are two very different things. But the conversations we're talking about here are the big, important, difficult conversations that lead you to true freedom on the other side. Um, closure is about meeting each other halfway. This is not a monarchy. Like nobody is the king or the queen. This is a democracy baby. And we are both coming to the table halfway. It's about admitting when you're wrong and owning it and saying you're sorry and making sure that both people have a mutual respect and understanding to come to the middle and um, that they care enough about their relationship to get it back to a healthy and positive place. Amen. So many amens. Um, Okay. To wrap up our difficult conversations um, podcast, we're going to end with step two. So step two of resolving is action, right? So you've gained closure. You've taken all of that into account that Carly just said, and now it's time to move forward with clear action. Uh, For Carly and I, that was creating these check-in points for one another so that we could work better together. It's sitting down on Sundays. It's defining what needs to get created and completed, what needs to be achieved, checking in one other time throughout the week. And of course, duh, we're living together, you know, helping one another whenever we need it, but really giving each other the freedom to grow and become the best person we can be. Um, you know, for my husband and I, since I've referenced it a lot now, the steps are, I'm going to schedule twice a week to learn from him and get out a notebook and take notes and learn the terminology and practice. Um, and in return, he's said that he'll do one thing with me, like meditate or practice yoga. So there has to be clear action steps of how you're going to move forward and complete the circle of the difficult conversation, right? Because, The worst thing you can do, which is what I continue to read in the chakra work and, you know, I've read a lot about it in Untethered Soul, is to open up this can of worms, but then not complete the cycle of emotions. So if we don't find the healing point, the final place of closure, it's like it just stays in your body and it continues to linger and it continues to suck energy from you on all different levels of your being and it just 
It's just completely unhealthy. Going back to everything we talked about earlier in the podcast. So this is the final step. Lastly here, once the action items are laid out, it's time for you to own your shit. Do the work, step up to the plate, do what you said you're going to do, follow through, be a genuine good person, be a human being that wants to thrive and move forward and live your truth and dare to change. Um, We can't move forward if we action doesn't take place. So final step is action. Uh, We've talked a lot here about so many different concepts and lessons learned that we feel really blessed we went through um, unknowingly and without any really desire to. But I would say now Carly and I are getting Uh, It's becoming easier and easier to have the difficult conversations. And for that, we are very grateful. Um, If you want to learn more about this whole process, remember that you can find the related blog post, the episode show notes, and everything about Truth and Dare, including the book club over at truthanddaremovement.com. You can also find it inside the episode notes if you're tuning in from an Apple device. You can find the links there too. I really hope you guys learned a lot from our experience and it will inspire you to have difficult conversations in your life too. As always, thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to be back on the mic and connecting with our tribe and inspiring one another and everyone listening in to live your truth and dare to change. So we'll catch you next week. And actually next week we have a really exciting, um, maybe something like a yoga meditation retreat to announce a podcast coming at you. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.